May your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. These words from Nelson Mandela, Nobel Peace Prize recipient, is my hope for the principle of Filipino environmental planners. Land use planning is a mirror of life. It's a series of choices, choosing what to prioritize, choosing who to prioritize, choosing when to do something, and choosing where to do it. Step 7 of the 12-step process of the Comprehensive Land Use Plan is preparing the land use plan itself. In this step, all of the preparatory activities from step 1 to step 6 are encapsulated into a map that shows the proposed allocation of land supply that matches the land demand. Why is this step important? In this step, land uses can be allocated rationally. Evidence-based land use planning can be done. If the six steps of the land use planning process influences step 7 appropriately. What activities and expected outputs are in step 7? In step 7, we translate the vision I approved in step 3, the goals and objectives identified in step 5, through the situational analysis in step 4, and the development trust and spatial strategies to be pursued as identified in step 6 into a land use plan that matches ex existing and future demand for land with existing and available supply. It is important that an inventory of land requirements be identified per sector and as a comprehensive local government. Designing the land use map is not just a technical exercise. It will require compromise, negotiations, and even conflicts among different stakeholders that have been involved from step one. A network of major and secondary roads is an integral part of the proposed land use map because infrastructure connects land uses. As a comprehensive plan, the comprehensive land use plan should also include policies for water resources, especially municipal waters, the broad strategies, programs, and projects of the local government can be institutionalized through the Comprehensive Land Use Plan. Land is a finite resource. When you use land for one use, you seldom can use it for another. The Land Use Plan must demonstrate 
how land resources are planned to be used for infrastructure, settlement, production activities, and protected activities for future generations. How long will the step take? The HLURB guide calendars step 7 in months 13 to 15. After almost a year of steps 1 to 6, preparing the land use plan ideally covers one quarter. However, in practice, it can be shorter if one, a GIS team can focus on the CLUP. And second, land use conflicts are resolved immediately. What did it look like? in my TV experience. In step 7, it was our land use planner that was mainly responsible for creating the maps with our GIS specialist. Our land use plan incorporated disaster risk reduction and climate change adaptation in accordance with the HLURB guidebook and the provisions of the Climate Change Act and the Disaster Risk Reduction Act. Also, as we, are all, as we were updating the Local Development Investment Plan of the Municipality of Tiwi, priority development programs were included in the CLUP. This way, these programs and projects can be downscaled more effectively to the LDIPs. Incorporating DRR and climate change adaptation led to the proposal for a binodal spatial strategy. This is because the current municipal center is exposed to projected sea level rise. We proposed that settlement development and further urbanization be guided westward. Also, the minor node is envisioned to help northern barangays access government services more readily. There are standards in allocating urban land space. These standards are also can also be found in the HLURBCLUP guidebook. Although personally, in my personal opinion, these land use standards should not replace the demands of the stakeholders, particularly the marginalized and vulnerable. The proposed land use map demonstrates the multiple hazards that threaten the municipality. There are areas that are flood prone, areas that are prone to storm surge, and projected sea level rise, upland barangays that are landslide prone, and geothermal impact areas that are also over fault lines. With this general land use plan, we were able to propose a zoning ordinance that integrates hazard exposure and qualitative vulnerability to hazards. In charge of the environmental sector, I proposed programs to focus 
on forest land protection as the watershed of Tiwi is an integral part of water security not only in the municipality but also in the province of Albay. These programs primarily focus on capacity building of local environment and natural resource management, particularly for the Menro, and supporting agroforestry projects, especially in landslide prone barangays. How can LGU planners maximize step 7? First, is to recognize that the local planning process, especially for a long-term plan like the CLUP, is political. Thus, LGU planners need to propose, negotiate, and compromise. Power relations and influence levels determine the dominance and primacy of land uses. Proposing land uses will inevitably lead to negotiations among stakeholders often with conflicting visions to land even with an approved vision in step 3. Interpreting this vision should be aligned to highest and best use of land but highest and best use is determined by perception. This is why environmental planners should be good negotiators, serving as the mediator among different stakeholders from the government, private sector, and marginalized. Second is to ensure the support of the Legislative Council. The CLUP is primarily implemented through a zoning ordinance which will be drafted in Step 8. Though the Legislative Council is part of the CLUP core team, members can still constrain the enactment of an appropriate zoning ordinance due to, again, political reasons. What do you think of this episode? Send me a message at emptino.com Also, Follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Spotify.